um, we're going to have to explore together um, this this sugya of Yitro and his advice to Moshe Rabbeinu, which at first glance just seems to be kind of a nice story. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely a good idea to keep, have a chumash for Ah, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom come take a seat. Let's see wherever you want. What's your name? Dovi. Hey, Dovi. Welcome. I am Ari. 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 Have some fruit. And um, welcome. So we are we are we're, we're exploring the the, the the beautiful topic of Gitro's advice to Moshe Rabbeinu, which at first glance seems like an innocuous little topic in the Chumash. Very nice story. We have this. This guy Yitro, he comes, he sees Moshe Rabbeinu, he's uh, working a little too hard, like a good father-in-law. He wants to have time to be with uh, you know, with his wife and with the kinderlach. So he comes up with this whole nice piece of advice, good advice, very good. Okay, everybody's happy. That's, you know, how most of us have understood this story. And it's like, if you look at, you know, which part of the parish am I going to go to you and then, hmm, the fundamental Azar is a Right. Random bit of advice. <laughs> right. So, why the heck am I doing our shir on this kind of like obvious kind of story? I don't know. I don't know. Right? But the truth is, like, every, like everything in Torah, <laughs> the more we go in depth, the more we realize how deep it is and how many layers it is. It's always like that in Torah. Um, and the fun thing about tonight is we're just on the level of shot. Okay? It's going to blow our minds. There's Rath Hashem and there's Ramez and Drash and so too. But, you know, we have to be our own light. So we're, we're focusing tonight on, on just shot. Okay? We'll get the Ramez, Drash and out of you. Don't worry about it. Hashem. <laughs> Her, <laughs> No, I love that stuff too. I, just, I wish we had more time. Yeah. You know? Um, but okay. So let's begin. We'll, we'll, we're just going to read the Pesukim inside. Parsha um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, is there a mango if you want? Yeah. There we go. Thank you. For you. And uh, there's also uh, raisins and all sorts of delicious shops. All right. Yeah, yeah. Ah, me. All right. So let's begin. Herek Yud Chet. And we're in Pasig Yudal. Let's start there. And I'm going to run through it. So Yidra comes, the father-in-law of Moshe. Interestingly, here he's no longer Yidra Chotin Moshe. He's no longer like he was originally, the, the priest of the Midianites. Every time Yidra seems to have a different uh, name that he's described, which is fascinating. But the Chotin Moshe, the father-in-law, like a good father-in-law, he has what to comment. He says, he says that Kol Asher who said La'am, everything Moshe is doing for the nation. Leomer, Matavase Asher Daase. What are you doing? La'am, Madua Atayoshev Labadecha. Why are you sitting alone? Vecholaam Nitavadecha Min Boker Aderek. And everybody is sitting next to you from the morning to the evening, right? Apparently, they had a lot of Shilas. I don't know what types of shilas are coming up in the desert, 
But everybody had a Shaila. And uh, some of Farshim tried to explain that this, this is their version of Torah learning back then. Yeah, they didn't have text yet. It was before Har Sinai. So they want to find out what the law is. What do we do in this whole new world outside of Mitzrayim? You got to go to the Rebbe. Torah Shabbat Peh Mamish. So, um, so uh, they're, they're coming and they're asking all their Shaila. That's the Orachayim who has that interpretation that I just offered to you guys. That it, that it, wasn't, it wasn't just for dinim. It was also just like for day-to-day kashas about how to live in this new Jewish experience, and they were going to Moshe Rabbeinu. They're lining up on his doors, and, you know, there's, a, there's stories like that about Mo, Moshe Feinstein. He, you know, they wanted to get, make it set, set times where you can come visit the Rebbe, and Moshe was like, no, I'm a servant of the people. I don't want it to be like, I'm better than that. You can only come and visit me from this time to that time, you know? It was like before WhatsApp, so, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, he couldn't... He couldn't I'm not, he couldn't hold himself back, so to speak. So, also, Moshe Rabbeinu, he's, he's, you know, people are coming and they have Shilas and he's answering them, and Yitro doesn't think this is very good. And, Vayomer Moshe, the Chotno, Ki Yavo because the people are coming, lead the Rosh Elohim, to, to, to seek out God. Okay? Interesting language, lead Rosh Elohim. Right, we've seen it before with Rivka. Really? She, uh, she went to lead the Rosh. Uh, Hashem. Hashem. Okay, okay, but still not so different. Yeah, please take it. Please take it. And they have a davar, I guess, a kasha, a situation. And I, and I uh, judge between one man and his friend. And I say the laws of God and his Torahs. It's interesting. How did Moshe know what the Torahs were? Right? I mean, he didn't get the Torah yet. Seemingly. And we know that there actually ends up being a uh, machlokis in Chazal, whether this story happened before or after the Torah. You know, but the Pashtus is before we got the Torah, because, you know, the Torah is later in the Parsha. Right? Although maybe you could say, well, how, how was Moshe giving him the laws once he got the Torah, so that this could be a proof for the opinion so that he got it after the Torah. But, okay. Anyways... Either way, um, it's not the topic of tonight, although it's really, uh, really interesting. So, yeah, so Moshe is giving him the advice that, uh, what to do. So maybe it's a proof that there's a Torah even before the Torah. There's Derech Eret and, and Sugis like that, that you can understand even without, you know, looking in the, in the text. This, this might have been before Harsinai happened? I mean, the Pashtas, and the, in, in just a few moments, you're about to hear the receiving of the Torah. So it seems like you know, simple reading. This is all before we got the door. Right, but some of the... Exactly, right. She brings that up. It's a yitra happened before acting. Exactly. You could bring this in too. So, again, food for thought. And now, again, the choten Moshe. Now he's not even yitra. He's just choten Moshe. Lo tov adavar asher ata oseh. It's not good. It's not good, the thing that you're doing. Nah. He doesn't like, you know, sugarcoat it. No, I suggest. Maybe consider. You know, like, first say say the good a lot, and then at the end, just sneak in a little bit of criticism, but no, no, no. It wasn't like that back then. You know, you know, it says it like it is. Not good. Nah. He doesn't say it's bad. 
تست کردید فوتو you are gonna wither also you and also the nation which is with you it's too heavy you're not gonna be able to do it alone you can't do it okay now Listen to my voice. You know, you know, automatically, obviously, when we hear that phrase, what comes to our minds? You know, we start pressing the... Uh, you want to say again, Rivka? Bar your own button, so you can say Rivka, for example. What else comes to our minds? Shema hmm. Bukoli. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Menu. Right? Hashem says that sorry, Menu. Shvadakola. And um, I think there's one or two. No, Hashem says to Avram. Regarding. Right. Hashem says to Avram, listen to his savage voice. And if we have time, I do want to circle back to this Shvadakola at the end of this year, but I don't want to focus too much right now. Right now, we're just getting the background. Okay? So, Yatzech, Vayyelim Yimach, Ayyatala Amul Elim, Avita Atav, Etadvarim Elayelim. So, now listen to me. Oh, thank you. Extras. Sweet. <laughs> Love. Um, great. I'm so impressed what you guys have found. Okay, so we have some more. More chef. We have some, some delicious salad. Awesome. And we have even some green beans on the way. They're just being heated up. <laughs> thank you so really much. Awesome. To, uh, enjoy the chef. Thank you so much. And all delicious. I tell people often, the reason I'm a vegetarian is because I'm a, a bit of a bald tiger. And when you eat vegetables, you can eat a lot more. You know, you have one piece of steak, you're, 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 you're stuffed. Stuffed, but... Hashem is all the Anyway. It's not the real reason I am vegetarian, but it's part of it. Anyways. Maybe that that very But these heart of them at the Chukim at the Torah and teach them the laws and the Torahs. They taught them at the Derech Elchubav at the Maaseh and tell them what to do. And now you show interesting language, techaze. You show search out. Uh, but it means also like to see. Search for the nation. An men of valor. Let me learn about Eshechayel. We can talk about what is an An He's going to say, Yir Elohim, fears of God. An Emes. But no, men of truth. Sone betza who hate money, like who aren't into money. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You put, you know, hundreds, leaders of hundred, leaders of fifty, leaders of ten. I just want to add. Yeah. I noticed that when Hashem, there's another place where Hashem starts, maybe in Shaitan, where he specifies what qualities a judge should have. It would be fascinating to contrast this with that. What the difference would be? I think he says chacham in the zoyim, the yidduim, or something. How's that? This is our lashon. In terms of what actually Moshe Rabbeinu ended up... Um, no, 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 no. In te- well, I'm, I'm sure that also. I'm sure that would have different things. No, but I mean when Hashem, in Pasha Shaykh, maybe, there's a, there's a part where Hashem specifies the qualities that a judge needs to have. Mm, very right? good. No, no, no. Shaykhad and other things. Right. In fact, they need to contrast that. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. And every great matter they shrink. You, v'chol devar katan yishpatu. And the small thing, the small court will judge. It'll be easy. 
אם את הדבר הזה תעשה, if you do this well, מציב חלקים, יאכל תעמוד, וגם כל העם הזה על מקומו יבוא בשלום. If you do this, you, you'll be able to stand, you won't wither, and the whole nation will go in peace. וישמע משה לכל חודנו ויעש כל השם. And Moshe listened to his voice and he did everything that he suggested, that, that, that. And uh, he appoints these judges, exactly like Yitro says. And the very next story is the story of the receiving of the Torah at Harsin. Very beautiful. Okay. So if we stopped right here, and we said, you know, 1 to 10, how would you rate Yitro's advice to Moshe Rabbeinu? And how does the Torah feel about Moshe's, Yitro's advice to Moshe Rabbeinu? What would, what would we say? Well, there's a part in Devarim where Moshe chastised the people for listening to that advice. Okay, so stop right there, because uh, we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay, so good. So, you've been listening to Rabbi Foreman? No, there's this question uh, that came up, of, I asked it, I think it was like 12 years ago, I heard, kind of an, I heard an answer about it. Was... Good, okay, so that's the punchline of our shear. Uh, we're going there, but um, we'll hold up, hold your horses. But on a simple level, before we get into fancy stories, um, like, what do most same. people say about, about this Torah? Looks good. Right, it, it, it's logical, makes sense, it's been replicated. Right, the Orachayim, for example, I happen to be in an Orachayim, I'm learning a lot of Orachayim in the Torah. So he has a beautiful, he, he, he's pro, he says, from here we learn that Yish Chachma Bagoyim, that Yitro was a non-Jew, and he had a lot of wisdom. Right. And he offered this wonderful advice to Moshe Rabbeinu, the even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't think of. And we learn from here that the Jewish people were not chosen because we're smarter than other people. Yidro is smart. We're chosen because Hashem loves us and Hashem loves all of us. So look at the Orchim. He found a way to praise also the Goyim and also the Jews in the same in the same comment. But that's just one example. But most people, when you read this, they, they're very... Yidro they, gave great advice and that's why we learn from non-Jews. We learn from outsiders. They have a lot of wisdom to give to us. And it's a good idea when you're the leader to not burn yourself out. And it's also a good idea. I just heard a share last night about Moshe had to be a family man. Don't you know? Only focus on the on the people. You also have to make time for your family. But you know the question to that though. Mm-hmm. He apparently at some point left his family to be with Hashem. For sure. That's uh, and then maybe that was exactly what Yitro was trying to fight. Okay. He's trying to say, Moshe, I get that your intuition is to be like all or nothing. You know, like. When, when, when I'm the leader, I got to only care about Amisrael, but like, I, I need you to just focus on your family, not completely dis- re- neglect them. But did he do that later? One could say that maybe he did, and now it's exactly why Yitro is trying to fight against it. To kind of fight against his natural intuition. There is a whole different year we could give here about, you know, maybe it was a bit of a mistake, maybe not. You know, it might have been a tragic situation, but it was necessary in order to be the greatest leader in Jewish history, that his family didn't get the time and love that they needed, and there is a midrash that says that maybe Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, his children, you know, weren't on the derech in the way that they should have. There is a midrash like that, right. and, you know, some try, people try to connect that to the story of the hotel when uh, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give a bris milah to his own child, and Hashem says, oh, if you're not going to give a bris milah to your own child, then you deserve to die. Um, and it's a whole different cheer, which right. really could, you know, but, um, maybe you're but, to, like, sense that in him, you're saying. Right. And okay. he has that, like, all or nothing, like, I mean, it, you can't compare, but, like, Golda Meir, 
she was like all in right. for the nation and she ended up getting divorced right. because her husband couldn't, you know, it was like one or the other. Anyway, but you could definitely take that back. Regarding the Chachmah and the Goyim, do we say that they have an independent Chachmah? Like a Chachmah that the Jews don't have? Well, I mean, there's a lot of them. Okay. There's 99.9% of the, and more. Well, but you right? Know, they have some things that we don't have. No, but you hear me the question, because the, the idea is that the whole wisdom and world comes from the Torah, then there shouldn't be anything... You see what I'm saying? I do hear what you're saying. Um, I have a lot of questions. It'd be due for a week. So yeah, I mean, yeah. We'd no, share again. it's a very good question, and I'm not sure what the answer is. We okay. we can ask our Kabbalistic friend, you know, what's uh, what's the shot with that? But uh, I don't know. Like, the pastas, it seems like they definitely have wisdom. I was sort of, what's the root of the wisdom? Okay. You're right. Everything's rooted in the Torah in some in some way. So, Enoch and Ami. But we were also come from the Goyim. Let's be honest. We were once Goyim, not me and you, but. You know, not our souls, maybe, but our bodies, at least, you know, we, uh, you know, comes from... Anyways, fascinating topic, <laughs> but not for today. So, first of all, I want to just support my original theory, but go a little deeper. So, there's something really, really interesting that um, I think Rev. Lowenstein points out uh, from this year that I was listening to. And it's worth, worth really, it's really worth noting. Lowenstein? Yeah. I guess, uh, it's, he works for Aleph Beta. And I was listening to his cheer today, I was making the soup. And he says the following. Which, by the way, is actually really yummy. Like, really? Sure. Yeah, really because of his cheer that was, you know, making um, it. Sorry, thank yeah, you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So he says, there's an interesting uh, thing going on here. And this is going to completely contradict the rest of my cheer. So we'll have to see how it works together. It's beautiful. But he says, well, let's read it one more time. It's not good. Does that ring in your ears from any other time in our, you know, biblical memory? Oh, the Yeah. Oh, lo tov. The oath Adam levado. It's not good for men to be alone. And it goes a little, it, it gets cooler. And what's the next thing that he says? Lo tov adavar say? Liot, what did he say? Yeah, but what was he complaining? What wasn't Tov about it? When well, earlier, what did it say? You're standing alone. What's not Tov? Right. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is Levad. What wasn't Tov back in Garden Eden? Liot Levad. To be alone. To make it even cooler. So what does Adam Rishon do when it's not good? When it's low tov, he goes and he marries. He marries. Before he marries, he looks for a mate. He searches. He searches. Yeah, the monkey, the right, the raccoon. That's the midrash. But Russian chat it says, and he, he looks through all the animals. He searches. Whatever that means, goes on some weird blind dates. <laughs> what does Yitro tell um, um, Moshe Rabbeinu to do in order to find his? Uh, his judges, look, search. You gotta look for, for the right people. You gotta find the right people. Okay, and now you could even say this. What? No, there's, there's a lot to talk about here. But what is Moshe Rabbein? What 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 is the goal of Yitro giving him all these judges? So you could say, Papashas, why does he need to have all these judges? 
think because a lot of people ain't on that time. There's kind of a practical element there. And you could say that there's a practical element that you need to have a wife so that she can, you know, make the soup and that you can give the shear, you know. You gotta, you don't have enough time to take both of them together. But it could be that there's something deeper. If, if you read the, the psukim carefully and gracious, it seems actually like when Adam is created and, and given this woman, this Azer Kinegdo, okay? So... What's the very next thing that Hashem commands Adam? He says, don't eat from the Garden of Eden. Don't eat from the fruits. So it's not simply as a practical, you know, good to have a wife so she doesn't, so she can cook. But rather, in some way, she's supposed to help Adam not sin and not give in to his Yitzhahara of thinking that he makes the rules. All right? Because the guy naturally thinks that he is in charge and he needs to make the rules and he and what does the the Azer connect go there to do? Cool him down a little bit, stand by his side and give and let him like you know cool off and not give in to his her. okay, and not think that he's God, right? You know, sometimes you uh, uh, theoretically, I might wake up in the morning. A man may sorry, a man might wake up in the morning. <laughs> And, you know, feel like he, he, suddenly he has an epiphany. He has the truth. He needs to give this year in seminary, even if, you know, the, the rabbi doesn't approve, but this is what has to be done. <laughs> and maybe his wife might just wake up and be like, yeah, but if you do that, you're going to get fired. And then maybe he meets like, yeah, you, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't do that. Sorry, theoretically, I'm saying theoretically <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Uh, um, so sometimes a, a wife is there. Yeah, she, it's a true story. <laughs> Sometimes a wife is there just to have a man just like check, okay? Sure, that happened uh, with um, Korach's rebellion. Right, right, great example, right? She's right, the epiphany of what a Azer Kenegi is supposed to do is like, are you sure in your hot headed sureness about you know you have all the answers that that's the right thing to do, or maybe like sleep on it, you know? So, how about kind of dog off it, right? Right. Fascinatingly enough, it doesn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. Mm. And again, keep that in mind. Okay? But. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. There is a ladle. So. Uh, uh, make sure we'll touch the. Uh, the yeah. Okay. The electronic thing. Okay. So, I, did, I, I, I wanted to go on that little tangent to say maybe also the, the, the judges here, there's something deeper going on. It's not just a technical thing about having more judges to judge more people, but also to make sure that Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't lose kind of control and track and think that he's, um, he's in charge and, and to kind of give him a checks and balances to make sure that he judges correctly, okay, on okay? more essential level. Awesome. Okay, Adkan... We heard nice Shlava. ideas, slap slap. But now I want to go a little bit uh, crazy. Oh, and, and, and I actually heard this year, idea about ten years ago. I was like, that's nuts. That's, that's too much. It's too much. Then I heard it again about two years ago, and I was like, whoa, that there's something to this. And then preparing for this year, I heard it again. I was like, yeah, I think he, <laughs> I think he nailed it. I think I think he's right. So let's see if I convince you the way that I've been convinced. 
and this is uh, based on a, a sheer and partial devarim by, by Rabbi Foreman. I also heard it from Rabbi Ari Khan years ago, a similar idea. And he said the only way to really understand the true meaning of the Yitro story is to hear the second time the Yitro story is recounted. Okay, and that is in Sefer Dvarim, right at the beginning, the very first chapter of Sefer Dvarim. Moshe Rabbeinu, it's in uh, chapter one. Um, we'll start at, let's say, chapter, uh, at Pasuk um, seven. Okay? So, quick review. Moshe Rabbeinu, 40 years have passed. The Jewish people are now about to go into the land of Israel. It's the new generation. And Rosh Rabbeinu is looking back upon the most important lessons that he's learned throughout his life. And the biggest mistakes that he and the Jewish people have made to make sure that the new generation doesn't make the same mistakes. Okay? And so, we would probably guess, what are the two big events that he should mention? Egel. Egel and? Maragdon. And yet, surprisingly, it's not the first topic that he chooses to talk about. Okay, so he's introduced himself, and we're just going to read Pasuk by Pasuk very carefully, the way that Moshe presents what what you, the Jewish people, need to know before the Kodah Harsina. And this is going to also deepen our understanding of our Parsha. Re'eh, listen, see. I have placed before you the land. Bo urshu at arts. Come and possess Yoresh the land. Which God has sworn to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. To give to them and to their children after you. And by the way, at that time, I told you, I can't carry you alone. Levad, I can't, I can't do it alone. Hashem elokechem here be'etchem. God has made you many. And you're like the stars in the heaven. Hashem elokechem yosef alechem kachem alefamim. God should bless you a thousand times. Yivarechetchem kasher yivarechem. She bless you. Okay. Now, here's where I want you to really focus. How can I carry alone? Your burdens and your heavy weights and your and your your arguments. How can I do it? They need to appoint wise men. I'm going to put wise men in front of you. Okay, so in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, just summarizing, before we went to the land of Israel, I had this idea. How am I going to be able to carry alone all of you guys? Okay? And I'm going to appoint judges in front for you. Okay, so first of all, a little bit, a little bit strange. Right? What's his idea? What's his idea? The real strange thing is that fact that most people read this and don't even notice the fact that it's a complete contradiction. Right? How many of us... Okay, I'm talking about me. I never noticed the contradiction until right now. Right? I'm sure you guys noticed everything. But it's like, whoa. Moshe had an idea. I thought that was, you know, like, 
That's kind of weird. Okay, fine. But he Moshe has to say. Does he say explicitly what's his idea, or he just says this is what I told you? Correct. He just says this is what I told you. Okay. He doesn't say it was his idea, but he he skips the intro. He leaves right, them out of the right, the, right. the no Anyways, Matanoti Ratomru Tova Davarashadibarkasan. And now, you said to me, I like your idea. Good idea. It's interesting because what did we hear before? Loto. It's not good. What Yidra said is it's not good. But remember, Moshe Remain remembers it as good. You know, we have a selective memory. Well, he remembers the good when the people liked his idea. He, he positive psychology. He remembers the, the, the positive. He doesn't remember when Yidra told him what it wasn't good. Or he does. I mean, no, no, no. Okay. Remembering different things. What do you He remembers. It's, it's, it's not good what Moshe's currently doing. Right, I know, I don't know. But he leaves that out. That's my point. He leaves out Yidra's low tobe and he puts the fact that the Jewish people said, good idea. Okay. Which we, we missed in Yitro. We didn't see that part of the story. Mm-hmm. In Yitro, he just did, he, was, he got the advice. We, don't, we didn't see when he asked the Jewish people, they said, good idea. Okay. And I took the heads of your nation. Wise men. And I will place them on top of, in charge of you. Exactly like Yitro suggested. Oh, a little bit of a change. Yeah. Okay. A bit of a tweak. Fascinating. Listen to your brothers. Judge correctly. Between each man and his brother and between the outside of the convert. Don't, you know, play favorites. The big one and the small one you should listen to. Don't play favorites because Jad is the one who judges. And the hard thing, bring it to me. I'm the Supreme Court, and I will listen. So I commanded all these matters. And then, the story continues. And, and I, we went from Choreb, and we traveled the, the, the desert. And now I want you guys to pay careful attention, because now Moshe Rebbeinu is going to share the story of the Meraglim, which is what we would have expected him to share, because that's an important story. right? Why the heck did we just hear the story of the Shofti? I mean, it's cool, but why is that important for the people to hear? Right? You with me? So before we answer that question, in order to answer that question, I want us to pick up on something really, really cool. And that the story, the first part of the story and the second part of the story, Rabbi Foreman points out, are extremely similar. I.e. the Shoftim and the Meraglim have many linguistic parallels. Okay? So let's keep our ears out for that. Okay? And the fun about this is that when the foreman does it, he just, you know, gives it to you like, a, like an ice cream cake. We're going to have to work, sink our teeth into it and try to find it ourselves. Okay. Okay? So let's, let's go through it slowly. Vamar lechem. I'm sorry, sorry. Vamar lechem batim adhar amori asher shem akinu dadlami. You came to our amori and here's where we're going to start looking for the parallels. Re'eh. See, Natana Shem God has given you, Eta Aretz, the land, Aleresh, go 
Yoreshe, go inherit it. Kasher diver Hashem alakevadecha, like Hashem commanded, lach, to you, al tirab al techa. Don't be scared. Okay? So, so far, should I look at something? Uh-huh. Right? First of all, see, Be'en is used both times, both in the Shoftim and here, by the Maragim, and also, Aleresh. What is Aleresh? Get up and inherit. Okay? Where do you see that? Where do we see that earlier? Let's flip that. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say in Pasuk Yud? Um, oh, sorry. Pasuk Re'echet Bo'u Urshu Go and Yoresh. Re'eh Natati Lefachanart Bo'u Urshu Re'eh Bo'u Neresh Okay? Okay. Yeah. Something's going on here. Pretty interesting. God spoke to you at that time. V'atikrevim alai kulchem, and all of you came up to me. V'atomer nishlacha nashim lafaneinu, v'yichbaru lanat aret, v'yishivot ha'davaret, v'yichbaru hashen ha'leba, v'yichbaru hashen ha'leba, And he said, let's send men in front of us, and they will search out the land, and they'll get back to us a word about in which way we will ascend, and which cities we will go into. Okay? Now here it's not exactly a parallel, but we see a, almost a similarity. What's the similarity? The Pasuk in Shlach Lecha didn't report the part of that. It just left, left, left it be implicit. That's also true. That's it's also not, true. Not your, your I'm, I'm, I'm just focusing on Shoftim. Remember what happened in Shoftim and what happens in the Meragim. Now back in Shoftim, I'll help you guys out a little bit. He came to them. He came to them and asked them. And now they come to him. And ask him. Right. Is there a reversal? There's a reversal here. As to why that is, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll figure it out together. But just interesting. Okay. Vaitav be'enai hadavar. And the matter is very interesting. Right. That's definitely a matter. Okay. What, what, what else? What do we see before with this language? Tov. Same language of tov. It was good in my eyes. Remember, I was not loto, but tov. I Osha likes it. Here too, I like it. Moshe likes it. So the Moroccan? He likes the idea of the Moroccan. Okay. Right. You know, it's, it's Kasha and, and Moroccan. When we get to that story, we can also deal with that. But for now, just notice the pattern. <laughs> I'm going to take for you 12 men. Each man is going to be represented. By, uh, each tribe is going to get a representative. Okay, did that remind you? constantly me? trying to give Kalishwal credit for everything. <laughs> it's like, he like, really spins it in the best possible for Kalishwal. <laughs> Being down in the Kalishwal. But notice this also, he's, he's appointing each one a representative. Does that remind us of anything in the Shofit story? Okay, good. Very good. Each nation was, each tribe was represented. Mm-hmm. And then there was Lashon Hara. And they take fruit. And they said, This land is so good. And you didn't want to go up, but you spoke badly against God. He said, Oh, God hates us. That's why he took us out of Egypt. To wipe us out. There's this big nation. 
They're so huge. They were very, very giants. What are we supposed to do? And I said, don't be scared. Don't be scared of the big people. Why do we see scared again? Where do we see scared? You remember when the judges, with any, would the Moshe Rabbeinu tell us not to be scared of something? Who's not supposed to be scared? Um, judges is not supposed to be scared. Oh, um, the judges, no, no, no. We shouldn't be scared. They should be scared of Hashem, no? no? The judges should not be scared. Right. From Dafka, the big people. Mm-hmm. They should realize small people and big people are the same. What's Moshe Rabbeinu saying here? Big people, small people, they're the same. Don't be scared. There's a God in the world. Okay? Very interesting. This, 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 this is really interesting. Gavav. Hashem Okay, Amalek. 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 In this matter, you don't believe. You still don't believe. You don't believe in God. You know, went in front of you. Fire. To show you the way. And the cloud. And God was angry and he swore. Dot, dot, dot. The rest of the story, he's going to destroy the Jewish people, and they're not going to go to the land of Israel. And uh, only the next generation is going to go to the land of Israel. Okay? So, Adkan, it seems pretty clear that there is some sort of deep connection between the Miraglin story and the Shoktim story. Mm-hmm. And so, here's the crux Why didn't the Jew- Jewish people believe in God? Like Moshe Rabbeinu says, God took them like a father. He was like a father to them, carrying them on eagle's wings. Why couldn't they believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, in Moshe's presentation, in Moshe's mind? May, oh, I don't know, maybe it's because they were stuck in the scrap or something. So listen to this. Listen to this. Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu judge the people? Themselves. How does how does Moshe Rabbeinu? Yes. What's the lashon? Find it. Echa. Echa. Present pasuk. Echa esalavadi. How can I carry alone? Tarchachem umasachem v'rivchem. How can I carry you? You're just too heavy. Oh, yeah. that's ironic. It's more than <laughs> ironic. Probably, uh, because uh, even though he was... It's, nor- it's the- more than ironic. Tayyans were foreman that this is the crux of everything. Moshe Rabbeinu was in the eyes of the Jewish people, their father, their mother. Right? He was supposed to carry them. Carry them like a father and mother. But what does he tell them? Listen, guys, you're just too heavy for me. I can't carry you. There we go. <laughs> and, he, and he drops them. That's such a crazy shot. And he drops them. He says, you know what? I, I, it's so too crazy. much. And so then Moshe Rabinu says, Hashem's your father. Hashem's going to carry you. And what do the people say? What is, what's the reality? They don't believe it. 
Because they once had a father who was carrying them and who dropped them because they were too heavy. And I'm now, so split about who's that? Kavad, Kavad, right? As you should be, right? Wait, who was the father that dropped? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe oh. was their father and he dropped. He said, you're too heavy. I can't carry you. Oh, okay. And so they can't believe that a Kaddish Baruch is going to be a father and going to carry them. They, they, they're, they're in trauma. The, in, intellectually, it makes sense, but emotionally, they can't, they can't handle it. They're, they're like little children who are dropped by their father. As soon as they're left alone, they need to clutch to something else. They're scared. The kids are. And that's why a new generation has to come. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu can't be the leader. To lead them into the land. That's why they need a new leader who they can truly believe in. Who's going to hold them even during the hard times. And so, now we have a problem. Because that chat was pretty cool, right? It's pretty awesome. Pretty mind-blowing, and it makes sense. Now we understand why Moshe Rabbeinu is randomly talking about the Shoftim story. It has nothing to do with anything. Right? Because the Shoftim story is the key to understanding the Meraglim story. Have you seen any of the Shoftim story was in the I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there was, but I haven't figured it out yet. So we'll have to, you know, when we learn Yeshua, keep, keep our eyes out for that. You guys won't mind, though, and I'm finishing it, so please. Enjoy, enjoy. enjoy, enjoy. So, oh, uh, um, love, can you bring out the green beans by any chance? It's fine. We're, we'll, we'll take what we can get. We're, we're hungry, Yeshiva. No, we're good. I'm <laughs> hungry for supper. Okay, fine. Oh, I'm hungry. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, so now I want to kind of circle back. And then Ari said he's, he's got to leave 7.15, so at least we should close a cir- this circle and say, wait a second, what about my whole drasha? About Yidro being a great guy and, you know, giving this amazing advice. So, did Yidro ruin everything? Was it Yidro's fault? Meaning, I'll put, it, I'll put the question a little differently. Wasn't Yidro right? I mean, how the heck was Moshe Rabbeinu supposed to judge the entire people? He's only one man. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what do you want from the guy? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Correct. So I don't have an answer for this question. You know, don't, I, I don't have all the answers. I, I have a theory also. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't dumb. He understood that he couldn't judge everyone. But for a short period, he wanted to have some sort of maga with everyone. Maybe afterwards, when they asked for it, when they got annoyed by the lines at the Misrata Pnim, they say, hey, you know, Moshe, maybe we can, uh, you know, think of something. But it wasn't that, it was Yisra. But it wasn't that, it was Yisra, exactly. And so then, the way it ended up coming out was as if their father figure, Moshe Rabbeinu, dropped them and ditched them at their time of need. If it would have came from them, then they wouldn't have felt abandoned. But since it came from on top... It felt to them like it was it was uh, an, an abandonment. <laughs> I don't know. That's my theory. I, 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 it's all I, you know. Together, we're trying to figure it out. I, I don't know, and I don't mean to speak badly about uh, Yidro. You know, I don't know. I'm sure his intention well, was good. Right. The Chayra. I mean, the truth is, it's not me. It's Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Who's is the Chorio seeming seeming to say like, uh oh, I messed up, you know? He says I messed up. Um, 
Well, not. it depends how you read it. I'm not going to say he explicitly said that it was my fault, but it, at least according to this reading of the text, the one that we're taking, you know, it, it seems like he's admitting uh, some degree of regret um, for the for for the situation. So that's 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 where I'm at in terms of this sugya. Um, I am torn because what about the whole nice structure we said before about how wise it was for Yitro and what about all the nice structures everyone says? I don't know. It's interesting, uh, but I I also find it hard to argue with the uh, the reading the simple reading. We didn't do anything fancy. Simple reading of uh, of Parshas Vorim. And uh, let's just assume Arpshad is right. Let's assume for a moment that Moshe Rabbeinu did make a little bit of a miscalculation. No, no one else said this, that he did something wrong, was doing... No one else um, before, before Rabbi Foreman and Rabbi Khan, who I heard this year 10 years ago, said this from. Um, I don't know. I haven't learned all the rabbis. I've, I've never seen it in any... Um, Parshan, but uh, what do I know? Okay. You know, we'll keep our, we'll keep our ears out for it. Okay. Because it does seem to be positive. Bad. I, I think nobody have noticed that, but uh, but on the other hand, like there's a lot of positive things up on right. No, no, but no. I put it as different. In Yidro, we don't see anything like where the Torah impl- you know says anything bad about what Yidro did. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, so but anyways. That was tonight's Joshua. So I want to ask for a second. The most important part of Joshua, besides the fact that Torah is cool and it's Shimbanim, what do we take from this for our own lives? That was the most important question that we forget to ask at the end of a Joshua. So what do you guys think? What's uh, the takeaway lesson from this whole little uh, theory of ours? There's uh, multiple sides and angles to different approaches. Okay. I think that... Um... What I'm taking from it is that it's, wisdom can be incredibly convincing and very, very sensible. Well, firstly, 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 I think one thing to begin to take from it is that there are always multiple sides to the story, mm-hmm. right? Which means there's always, there's always another side to the story. Like, like you really did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Another thing I think you can take from it is that Chachma has its place. Uh, its place may be more, you know, um, well, I don't know. I do wonder if, if maybe Moshe was meant to have a little bit more amana. Um... Oh, one thing I definitely think about is, is the beginning, but this is the first time actually beginning to wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, you know, normally I'm reluctant when it comes to, you know, psychological clutter. You know, you know and then now we're coming with this whole psychology of, you know, the, the Jews had a certain father figure and displayed their experience in the and were limited in their ability to believe, and it's pretty convincing. Yeah. So I'm taking that from it. Like, you know, like, that, 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 that's interesting to me. Yeah, fair. I just want to resonate with one thing you said in particular, which is like, um, you know, there's a place for Chachma. You know, in other words, it might be intellectually that Yitro is 100% right. But life's not about, you know, intellectually. It's like, I grew up on the debate team. I'm the captain of the debate team. I grew up my whole life, you know, thinking of two ways of looking at a subject. And then, you, and then, you know, you get married and you realize that you have to throw every, all of that away. Because that's completely irrelevant to real life. That's nice for, you know, when you're in Supreme Court. But, like, in real life, your job is not to intellectually break things down. It's to understand where the other person's at and connect with them emotionally. And not, you know, offer up every theoretical 
possibility that you could do like we do in another league of Kamara. Okay? So also here, in other words, Kubi Yiro is right, but the question is where are the people holding right now? What is the effect that's gonna have upon them, you know, right now? And and you know, you have to be smart about how we want things to develop. In my way of looking at it, the people would have figured out eventually that, you know, that it's not going to work to just go to Moshe Rabbeinu all the time. But right now, that's that's not the Keta. Right now, the Keta is that everyone should have a Kesha with Moshe Rabbeinu. And that they should see Moshe Rabbeinu being Moshe Nefesh for them. And give it some time. And maybe, it, and they'll, they'll figure it out on their own. But they can't feel abandoned. Because, and we see this many times throughout the Torah, they're like a little baby. You know, there's a whole, uh, they're in Amahalik, they were just taken out of Egypt, and they needed to be taken care of, and, and I think that's uh, the 40 years later, the retrospect that Moshe Rabbeinu was coming to, he's realizing, maybe I, I you know, maybe we played that wrong. Um, I don't know. And Yitro, as, as wise as he is, as an outsider, he didn't understand the psychology of where the people were at. Um, so he's right, he's right, he's absolutely right, and Torah doesn't diss him, but... He didn't see all the sides. He didn't see all the sides to the to the equation. It's so important for us before we make a decision to try to, it's like Ellie was saying before, think about how the other side is going to react and what, and what, you know, what. what. Oh, that's what you said. <laughs> well, <laughs> how did, um, did you get a tie in Shmuel Kuali? Oh, how did I get a tie in Shmuel It's a total tangent. Oh. But uh, I have a theory that you're also probably not going to like. Because oh, a theory connected to other theories. Okay, good. So you will like it. <laughs> and the theory is that the shmakulis don't work out so well. Actually, Ooh. ironically <laughs> enough. Let's go through it. Okay. Rivka. The, the, the clearest example of shmakuli. Yitzchak, Yaakovino is hesitant, and Rivka says, Shmabakoli, listen to my voice. I know the truth. Go and dress up like your brother Esau. So you could say, wow, it worked out great. He got the bracha. Or you could say that if you read the whole rest of the Torah, all of Yaakov Avinu's life is basically midah negative midah punishment for the deception that he did towards uh, his brother. Um, so, for example, the fact that his children end up uh, tricking him constantly, that he marries the, 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 the two girls and they get switched, the younger and the older, that his own children and grandchildren end up switching him with the same exact series. It's all shared itself, but it's all a one big deception. It's all because, ironically, he listened to his mother. No, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't listen to your mother. Definitely listen to your mother. Right, my wife definitely agrees. She listened to your mother. But for some strange reason, this listening to his mother didn't have such good consequences in, in his life. Okay? So, so here too. Shmabagoli, it's a, it says, listen, listen to me. Uh, I don't know. Did it really work out so well? You know, we just kind of tried to show that it didn't really work out so well. Now, there is a little bit of a curveball, a, a, a problem with my theory, which is when's the first time Hashem, tells her, no? Hashem himself <laughs> says to Aaron Avinu, Shmabakola, and get rid of the boy. Right. So, well, it kind of messes with my theory, right? You can't say that Hashem is wrong, right? Well, well Hashem didn't tell Yitzchak to listen to his mother. It's true. You say, well, when Hashem says it's different. But the language is the same, so it's interesting. Unless, sorry, but when Hashem tells Sarah, Shema B'kola, when Avram Avinu says Shema B'kola, 
And this might change my whole theory. He's saying this is what needs to be done right now. We have no choice and you got to get rid of Yishmael. Shema But does that mean that's a great situation? Does that mean that's the ideal situation? Right. Obviously not. The best situation would have been to, to have, you know, never gotten us in the scenario in the first place where, you know, there's this boy who's challenging, uh, uh, challenging Yitzchak's situation where, in other words, the, the real problem is when Sarah told Abram to take Hagar. And that got us into this whole situation. Now that we're stuck in this situation, okay, Shema Mekola, we have no choice. At least for right now, temporarily, you get rid of the boy. But Shema Mekola doesn't mean everything's happy. It means, okay, we're stuck. Could you throw in the piece that you shared with me about Lina Kanei Mida? For Yishma Allah Yitzvah Yom Right. Everything I'm saying is connected to other drushas, a lot of them by uh, Rabbi Foreman, which is that really everything that happened to Yishmael ends up happening to the Jewish people later. Because, you know, they become a gear, just like Hagar, they go down to Mitzrayim, just like Hagar was from Mitzrayim, they had a water crisis in the desert, just like Hagar had a water crisis in the desert. Hagar is there to teach the Jewish people about what it means to be a gear, anochi, about what it means to have empathy. So, for the mistreatment of Hagar, it seems like the Jewish people end up having to go down to Mitzrayim, says Ramban, and, uh, and others. So, yeah. Anyways, abyssal off-topic, but Shema B'kola and Shema B'koli is another sugya that we have to kind of figure out if it's L'Chadchila, if it's B'diyavid, and maybe that can also spin back into our Yitro's story uh, another angle. <laughs> Whew! Bezrat Hashem. May we have Zaycha to uh, learn a lot of Torah together. Hey, uh, what's this? We're not stopping here. Oh, we're not. Uh, we're not done. But Ari's got to go. Yeah. But um, thank you Ari so much. Are 